trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Matt Moffat. Matt is a 35-year-old gay cis man originally from Sydney, Australia. He uses he, him pronouns and has been living in Austin, Texas for eight years after winning the green card lottery. Matt's main passion in life is traveling and sharing tips on how to maximize points to do so more cheaply and comfortably. He's been working in the credit cards and points industry for eight years, including for Australian frequent flyer website, Point Hacks, and a stint as a content curator at Pinterest. He currently works for the world's most well-known points website as their credit cards editor and is about to jet off to Europe for a month for leisure, as well as to do some flight and hotel reviews. Hello, Matt. Hello, Bree. I'm so happy to connect with you again. It's been a while. Me too. It's been so long. (laughs) I was trying to think how we first met. And I'm like, was it at that event downtown? I remember it vividly. I think it was a hot summer's day which is so infrequent here in austin texas yeah, as you know as it's 110 degrees outside right now and we went to the google building downtown and i think you were working for out youth at that stage is that right that's yeah. true yes you were working in development and i there was a meeting of the what do they call the gay group at, the gay, or the queer the group gay, at, is it the gaglers the gaglers yeah <laughs> they organized it i think you came along to run a booth or do a speech or something like that and i was like I love this person's energy and I think I came up and introduced myself to yeah. you and then I still have that picture yeah <laughs> our, oh, our we first, do have a really quick our first our first day. picture together I have it yeah, yeah and that was what 2019 holy crap that was, that was like, 2019 and we went on a one-on-one friend date um <gasps> to by the, the library, library. Yeah. yeah I remember that that was a good date that's a was. really good date <laughs> I I always laugh because right now I've actually that same summer summer 2019 my friend corinne she dared me to go on every date within reason you had to say yes to every every date and so i'm doing it again this summer i've decided now that i've moved back i'm gonna try it again so i already had three people ask me out but i was only gonna do it for june and i'm like we'll just do it for the whole summer so your are your dms open my dms are open and we'll see what happens because within reason i will say yes to all dates what does um, within reason mean? What like what would be your parameters? Um, like I don't think I'd go on a date with an ex again. Like if we've already gone on a date before, and I don't think it like went well, I'll say no. Um, there's this one guy I used to hook up with, um, and he sent me a text when I first moved back, and he might listen to the show. Sorry to you if you do. Um, but he sent me a text, and like we had been hooking up for a while, 
And then one day he just like, he goes, just so you know, I'm, I'm not looking for anything serious. I go, what about what we were doing made you think I wanted something serious with you anyway? Like, it was just like a very big assumption he made. I was like, no, I'm good. Um, And then I moved and he like texted me and I was like, hey, I really miss you. Like, I wish you would have worked out. I'm like, you didn't want anything. So no. And then he saw that I just moved back and he sent me a text. <laughs> he sent me a text. And we hadn't talked in months. He's like, hey, I see you moved back. Not sure if it's for good or bad. Now, he follows me on Instagram and I've posted why I moved back. So that to me tells me you really don't care because you would have read it. Um, he's not sure if it's for good or bad, but I'll let you have two weeks to settle in and then you'll text me and we'll go out. So. Sounds like this person has an inflated ego. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. So Bree's just taking a sip <laughs> from the cup. And some water and... Yeah. So, you know, as a person who dates all genders, we'll see what happens. I really don't have like a preferred gendered person to date. I am an equal opportunity dater. So we'll just see. I just, I'm I'm open. I think I've been talking to my therapist, which we all know her name is Brittany and I love her deeply. Um, but Brittany's been telling me I need to start dating more and trying to put myself out there to heal my inner child trauma, which is a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But I was just talking to my therapist today. I go every three weeks and this was like three hours ago. And one of the topics was after five years of being single, how does one Mm -hmm. open themselves up again to being vulnerable just beyond the physical stuff? Because I'm happy with a makeout at a club. I'm happy with a one night. Uh, I'm happy with the friends, Mm -hmm. but I think I find the gray area a little bit difficult because I feel out of practice with that. So is this me taking a page out of your book and just like accepting any date that... Join me. (laughs) Join. We could talk about it together. We could just... Solidarity. Yeah, in solidarity. And then we can always like have a weekly... We'll have a weekly date where we could just like decompress and we could just like have a a little check-in together. Um. Because I said the same thing to my therapist is like, I have such good, healthy, strong, supportive, platonic relationships. I have a very loving, supportive family. So like the relationship, romantic parts, I don't miss about dating. Like not to be vulgar, but like, like you're saying, like, I'm fine with the makeup. I'm fine with the hookup. I'm fine with like that stuff. But like the getting into the next steps in the romance, like for a long time, I didn't think I was worthy of that because childhood trauma. So now I'm trying to work through it and my friends are trying to be supportive, but I think it's just, Austin's just a really hard city to date in. And I know people are so sick of hearing that, but I think it's so true and so valid. And it's like, unless you keep trying, it's just like, you're never going to find anyone. But I'm also like, but it gets so, it's like, for me, it's like touching the stove over and over again and like expecting not to get burned. Like maybe the one time the oven won't be hot, but the last 90 times it has. So I don't know. Maybe you should go on a, a, as a as a wild card, like as a single interrupter on season two of Queer Love uh, of the Ultimatum Queer Love. Have you watched that show? I yet? haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched the Queer. Oh yet. wow! Well, if you want to talk about therapy, if you want to talk about relationships, if you want to talk about mental health, childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. That's a really good Netflix series to okay. watch. I watched the first season. In like a day. Like no, there obsessed. is only one season. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I'm no. putting you up for oh, of the no, straight the one. The ultimatum of the straight one that like was set first. in Austin, Texas. That was yep. Mm-hmm. But I haven't watched the queer one yet because I'm working through Vanderpump Rules right now. So I've just I, I can't bounce between shows. Except yeah, thank fair. you. So it's my next show to watch <laughs> so that I can talk about it because dating is just yeah. I just I wish it. 
I tell people now, like I always joke, like I want the person that I like, I want every date to come with a reference letter from their boss, their therapist, and their like uh childhood like favorite, like best friend. Like I need references before because I'm just like I want someone who's like done the work and not like you I know therapy isn't affordable to everyone, but like I want to like proof that you've done some work to be better. Cause I'm just like a lot of y'all need therapy. And <laughs> yeah, everyone needs therapy, and I wish everyone had access to therapy. But yes, verified Absolutely. reviews. I'm here for it. Mm. Speaking of reviews and therapy, my form of therapy is traveling, and I love to read traveling reviews. That was my my segue. But your segue. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, that's what we we're talking about today, because I think that's why we've connected so much for sure. Like I, you travel so much. I'm always so envious because I would love to like always be on the go my sag moon is like let's travel constantly and never be sitting still um and i just told you before we started you that know, that's what i am as well right ah, and you such sun me. and such moon I knew <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so i'm like i'm going to europe next year for the first time unless i go before um my friends wedding my friends getting married in italy um so i'm gonna go and then my other friend are just gonna like stay longer and go around and i have a best friend who lives in london so yeah, I'm That's just fine. I'm I'm here for all the Matt Moffat tips and tricks of traveling. Well, I am I'm happy to them with you. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So how did you even get into this line of work? So I moved to the States in 2015. I won the green card lottery. That's another topic. But for the first year that I lived here, I worked in the service industry. And then I think I've always traveled a lot. And I had people that would ask me for tips for the same destinations that I'd been to before, let's say Argentina or New Orleans, for example. And I was like, instead of me searching through my Facebook Messenger uh, messages or texts to copy and paste these tips, I'll uh, put it on a really basic WordPress blog. Uh, And uh, I used that as a writing sample, a very rough writing sample to apply for a job as a part-time writer for the Australian website that you mentioned earlier, Point Hacks. And I'd always been into aviation specifically and the the points game, frequent flyer points, frequent flyer miles, because that can be a great way to travel, as you said, more cheaply and more comfortably. And then over the course of four years there, I worked my way up to full-time writing employment with them and then managing editor. And um, and then the pandemic hit and I took a little bit of a break from it. And now I'm back in it and work for a US web- website that helps people maximize their frequent flyer points and miles. Interesting. Because I think about like people who either don't have credit or afraid to get a credit card like I but love to travel it's like that catch-22 of like how do I how do you even like get started with a frequent like with a credit card to get or like how does one even start accruing frequent flyer mile like how what does that journey look like it's a hard journey for a lot of people and that's a great question it's about how do we break into this how do I make this how do I access this myself and I think that for our generate you're a millennial right Mm mm-hmm yeah for millennials for some gen x's and and for the generations that are younger than us as well z and alpha we've grown up and continue to grow up in an economy and a society that has uh, laden us with quite a lot of debt so Mm -hmm. our generations have a lot of financial anxiety 
the first step is paying down any debt that you have. A lot of people have student loans, of course, and that can, and car loans, for example, maybe a mortgage. That can actually help increase your credit score because it shows issuers, people, uh, sorry, uh, organizations that issue credit like banks that you can responsibly manage different types of credit. That's one of the factors that goes into your credit score. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we say don't go into the points game, the credit cards game, if you are going to carry a balance on your credit cards. As in, don't get a travel credit card just for the points if you are going to carry a balance, if it's going to encourage you to go into more debt. So mm -hmm. first thing is getting your debt under control. And then to establish your credit score here, that's something that I needed to do when I moved to the US because I didn't have an established credit profile, is to get a secured credit card. And that means that you'll put a certain amount of money as a deposit or as a security, for example, say $500 with your bank that you won't touch. And then they'll give you a $500 credit limit. And so they're trying to work out over the course of about nine to 12 months, can this person responsibly manage this credit limit? And then they might invite you to increase that to say a thousand or 2000. Once you've had a secured credit card, then you can go for an unsecured credit card. An unsecured credit card is just basically like a normal credit card. Mm -hmm. That's where they're saying you have a credit limit of $5,000, but you don't have to have $5,000 with that bank to kind of secure that. And that's where you can really get into the lucrative methods of accruing points and miles for travel. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm just thinking, so I'm like, okay, I gotta start making some plans. Um, Cause like I said, I'm like, I'm going to Europe. England's always been like number one on my list, but like eventually I want to go to Bora Bora and I feel like that's going to cost like a kidney. Um, so I'm just starting to like think about that because that's probably like my dream trip. And I'm like not a beach person, but just like just the photos of Bora Bora. I'm like, okay, I need to go there. Um, what would you say has been like, if you could think of like your best, like three to four tips when booking travel or planning travel? They would be... If you do have a credit score over say 670, especially if you're over 700, then definitely look into getting a rewards credit card. That would be my first one. Mm -hmm. Second one would be if you are getting a credit card, go for one that has transferable points or flexible points. They're the same thing. Mm -hmm. That means that you're earning points with the bank, like Chase Ultimate Rewards Points, American Express membership rewards points, rather than earning your points with a specific airline or a specific hotel chain like Marriott Bonvoy or Delta Sky Miles. The reason for that is you're putting all of your eggs in one basket and they change the prices of their redemptions quite frequently. They make them more expensive. If you hold them with a bank, then you're protecting that asset and uh, you can have more options to transfer it to different programs. Third would be if you're looking to travel comfortably, if you want to lie down in a seat, <laughs> for example, and get access to business or first-class lounges, try to book close to a year out. You can change the dates later on, mm -hmm. but those sought-after seats, the most comfortable seats, the ones where you have a sliding privacy door or where you get to have a shower on the plane, 
those get snapped up pretty quickly and that's usually 12 months before departure and if there's some leftover like a couple of days before the flight so it's really the extremes there and then my fourth tip would be i would encourage people to look at alternatives to the popular places because they can be a lot cheaper and they can be less crowded I see a lot of people go to Lake Como in Italy, to Croatia, to Barcelona. And those people are going there because there's beauty there or there's a lot of cultural attractions. There's a reason why people go there. But there's also alternatives that can make your trip less stressful and more enjoyable and cheaper. For example, I've never been to Croatia. I've never been to Greece. I haven't been to that kind of side of Europe. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to Albania as my first country in that region. Not many people go to Albania, but I did see on social media and through some other research that that's a good alternative to how crowded Croatia is getting, especially mm. in the summertime. So look at these alternatives. I know that Bora Bora, Tahiti is on your bucket list. If you want to go there, definitely go there. But if you're craving a beach vacation in the meantime and want something similar, you could consider going to the Pacific coast of Mexico, obviously, to Hawaii or somewhere else in the Caribbean as an alternative. Okay. I need the Matt Moffat travel podcast. <laughs> we're going to be podcasting soon. Um, and I know I just saw that you had a note for me to have questions prepared before I, the worst podcast host ever. I'm like, I'm just going to see what comes to my brain. That's okay. We're pretty fluent. Um but I, I'm looking at your notes and I know that we had talked about talking about like being privileged to be able to travel and, you know, white or native English speaking and traveling the world. And, you know, I've been having this conversation with a lot of friends too, friends who are white and friends of color too, about talking about like, quote unquote, like safe places to travel, unsafe places to travel. And then I always think about like, being a native English speaker, I feel like so many places speak English wherever we go. Um, so I just wanted to like give space for you to talk about any of like your experiences traveling, especially as a white male whose native whose native language is English, um, or speaks English native. I can't even talk today. Who speaks English um, and travels the world, and just what that's been like. So I know you have a lot of examples that you put down here that I would love to hear your stories. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can only speak to my experience yeah. here. Uh, I think I think anyone that's a native English speaker is in a really strong position, a really favorable position when they do travel, because honestly, this might be a controversial thing to say, it's Okay, but you don't need to learn other languages. You don't need to learn other languages if you speak English to travel. Mm -hmm. Of course, it enriches the experience. It uh, connects you to the local culture to local people even if you learn a few words or phrases from the place that you're going but science in so many parts of the world are bilingual or multilingual most people can get by especially those that you are interacting with in the service industry uh, i think I, I i i lived in mexico for a year and i lived in madrid for a year as well and i've really kept up with my Spanish. I, had, I do weekly lessons with a with an online tutor. 
something that's very important to me. I feel like that drastically improves my experience when I go to Spanish speaking countries. And I'm really grateful for that, but it does require a lot of work. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is, and I'm not complaining here, sure. but uh, looking the way you do, the looking the way I do, the way you've described, it's sometimes hard to practice a foreign language if you look the way mm. that I do because people will automatically revert to English, especially if you're struggling with the other language because their English is usually better than yours. So that's just a little bit of a downside. Uh, I just went to Vietnam a couple of months ago for two weeks and I like, I don't think I was a very good traveler there. I didn't learn any, Vietnamese is a really difficult language, but I didn't really have the headspace on that trip to really sit down and put effort into learning some local phrases and I didn't really enjoy the interaction bit of that trip and that's on me because I didn't put in the effort for mm. it so I guess that would be a tip that I would have for people is put in some effort because yeah. I didn't and I didn't enjoy it as much as I as I would have liked to have yeah yeah like I I would love if I like hit the mega million tomorrow would love to like buy a flat in London or in a bigger city in England and then just like travel around Europe. I want to like, I want to learn Italian. I want to learn Spanish. Like I want to, I want to do that, but I feel like, you know, I have whatever app I have on my phone that I can't think of right now that teaches me Spanish every day. And I've taken Spanish since I was like four and I still don't know it fluently. I can understand it. I just can't respond. And I don't think I would get that until I was immersed in it. 100%. So that, that always makes me think of that. I'm like, if I could, just travel and live somewhere for a year that'd be really helpful 100 um, percent. i'll just jump in there and say yeah if you if i think that uh, there's so many people that are in your your situation of of doing duolingo or rosetta stone every day and so they know the vocab for pencil and for mm -hmm. you know they know some verb conjugations but until you put that in practice into practice right. it's hard to really level up and a great way to do that especially with the effect of the pandemic and with so many more things going online is mm -hmm. to pay for a for private tutoring online i do it this is not sponsored i do it <laughs> through a place called preply a platform called preply like spelt reply but with a p at the start preply mm -hmm. and i have a venezuelan tutor in colombia and we meet every wednesday at four o'clock for an hour and we do conversation because that's what i'm interested in and having that consistency and especially that one-on-one -on -one focus means mm. that you can accelerate your learning so much more quickly so i would suggest that to people that want the in-between step from duolingo to being immersed in another yeah. country yeah like I'm house sitting for my friend right now who's out of town and she's a native Spanish speaker and so I used we used to work together so like we can only talk in Spanish at work and it really helped because <laughs> I'm like what are you I'm like I'm trying to learn but now we don't work together so we just text in English and I'm like I think I might switch back to like we need to go back to <laughs> only texting in Spanish like okay so I really genuinely want to learn and you know living in Texas and having some people who speak Spanish here I think would be super helpful too and yeah and just like I just want now that I just got this new job which I just told you about before we got on I'll just have more access to travel more like I'll have 
more money, more vacation time, more things like that, that I can actually do the things in life that I want to do. And so like, this is really important to me. And I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but like I have four nephews that I want to like take traveling because I want them to see more than just what we, you know, just what they have access to right now in Connecticut. So that's just always the thing I think about too, like just giving more access, not only to myself, but to my family. And so I'm like, okay, we got to, got to get, 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 get to it. So, yeah. And maybe you can practice by dating in Spanish or in Spanglish. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would. I, I, they People have to ask me out on dates. I can only do so much. I am really trying to like get out of my comfort zone this year. Like turning 33, I just like, okay, new year, breath of fresh air. 33 is one of my favorite numbers. Like it was, it was just, it just felt, I just feel different right now. And so, yeah, it's just been really, really wild to think about. And I like now I want to talk about dating. If we <laughs> talked about traveling, so I just think, like to be able to like travel and date because I'd be able to speak their language. Like how fun would that be? I also listened to this woman on a podcast who talked to who she's from. She's a black woman from America and she met her partner when she was traveling in Europe. And on the show, she was talking about how like as a black woman, it's just like she, her experience, like it was just so much better to date as a black woman in Europe. Cause like people are just way more open to different ideas. I've heard other people say that as well. Yeah. And I'm like, is this, <laughs> do I need to go to like London? Is this your future? My my retirement dream, which I don't know if I've shared before, is like when I'm like 80, because I'm going to work till I'm 80, apparently. When I'm 80, I want to like <laughs> buy this like small little house on like an Irish moor and just wake up every day and have tea uh, outside and walk my sheepdog and just be on a farm. And the weather? Fine. I love the rain. I love the cold. I just happen to live in Texas because I like living in Austin. Yeah, but you grew up in Connecticut. Right? I grew up in New England, yeah. So I'm fine yeah. with all all the temperatures. You know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just imagine me with like a hot, tall, gendered Irishman living the dream. I mean, Bree, I'm close. I mean, I'm two. <laughs> I'm two third. I'm two thirds Irish. You can just say it, babe. Nah, you can just say it. I'm deeply in love with you, and I've just been too. Afraid. <laughs> this is the ploy. This, this is, is it. Ploy. I've been too afraid to tell you. Um, <laughs> no. Yes, but no, Matt. Um, <laughs> I do love you deeply. However, I, I feel I feel like our types are too similar, and I'm not your type. So, which is okay. Um, no, sorry. I was just telling a friend that today I was like my issue also with dating is that I have too many great gay men friends why would I date a cis dude I I mean sorry a hetero dude like my gay men friends are so nice to me they tell me I'm pretty they buy me drinks when I go out they make sure I'm having a great time you find them nice all the time all of my gay all of my gay guy friends all of really? my gay guy friends are nice to me. Oh, uh, you got the nice, yeah, you yeah. got the nice one. I, my, gay, I, my gay friends are nice to me as well, but some of us are not nice. Yeah, y'all are nice to each other sometimes, but I have never had an issue with the gay man. Well, it's, would you mess with me, Matt? <laughs> I think people- I wouldn't agree. mess with you. People are like, no, I'm not fucking with her. She's <laughs> she's yeah. nice, but don't, don't poke <laughs> the bear. So yeah, no, but that's so funny. You say that, yeah, I have friends who are like, there's so many like bitchy gay men. I'm like, not, not to me, but I mean, I will validate your experience, but- that's not it's not been mine yeah i think you'd cut them down yeah no do i look like i don't know i don't take bullshit which is also probably why i don't date that's what i love about you too 
I want to talk more about the white stuff, the white privilege. Yeah, sorry, I got so distracted. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's all right. I talked about the English stuff, but I, what do you want to know about the white stuff? I think, I think there's just always like this preconceived notion of safety, of like, and just my experience of like white people who even who either tend to only visit predominantly white places or you know growing up I would always like these white folks who would take the mission trips to like third world countries and take the photos which I thought were really problematic that's a conversation for another day they they will only do it collectively yeah yeah they only do it collectively um take like with more white people that was almost like outnumbering the number of people they were going to help just because I feel like maybe they thought like safety in numbers which I'm like these people need your help so I feel like you'd be safe um but I think it's just that of like I don't I just want your perspective of like tr- when you think of traveling like a conversation I would always have people with people is like when you think when you travel do you quote like put in like quote safe places to travel or do you just travel and see what happens you, does that make sense but I do that yes it does I do the latter mm-hmm. I think that probably comes from the inherent privilege that I have Mm -hmm. I think that I I don't even know if I type in like safe places to go as a gay traveler that's a different topic whether you should go to places I think everyone has the right to go to places that they feel safe Mm -hmm. me with the privilege that I have and with being quite adventurous I do go to places that are not gay friendly at all Iran I've been to Turkey to lot other parts of the Middle East to India um, and I and I'm going to Albania in a couple of weeks and that's one of the most conservative countries in Europe and to be honest I just turn the gay down I turn mm-hmm. the flamboyancy down I don't risk it at all I'm not there to I mean and, and I'm often going to those places by myself I don't I don't put myself at unnecessary risk or sure. extra risk Mm-hmm. in terms of that's the gay thing in terms of the white thing the most dangerous things that have happened to me in my travels and I've been to about 60 countries mm-hmm. have happened in Europe interesting they have not happened in Anywhere less else. developed countries yeah mm. pick pocket, and they're mainly pickpockets or yeah. getting mugged or something like that interesting but what's what, what's your criteria what, how um, does fa- how does safety factor in for you? Um, so I just got my first passport last year because life. Um, but I thank you. I'm really excited. I I'm kind of a travel and see what sees what see what happens person. I always kind of have been in my life. Like even you know moving here, even you know I take my annual road trip by myself, and even my family gets nervous about me driving across the country alone. You know, so I've just always been like life is too short to live in a place of fear which I know comes from privilege but I think as a person who's an activist who knows her rights who just makes sure like everything is up to date and I'm not speeding like I'm just always like I'm fine I'll be okay um but I think it's also like we were just talking about like jokingly but like I also people think people see me like don't fuck with her like I feel like I'm a very nice person but when you I'm almost like a like I think of it like being like a bear like I'm I can like make myself bigger. I always joke like there's like like the hackles in the back of my neck when I'm like angry. Like I think you can see me and be like she's fine. Like 
leave her alone, whatever, whatever. But I'm also like very friendly when I travel too. Like I will always talk to random strangers when I'm traveling just because I watch too much true crime. So I was like, I want someone to know that they saw me <laughs> that day if I'm alone. Like my family has my location and like you can, you know, we're all being tracked, everybody. Sorry to break it to you. Um, but like making sure that like, people see me and they know me and we've had that conversation and just being really safe when I travel, like locking you doors. You want to be seen. I, I want to be seen. Yes. Um, especially as a solo female traveler, specifically as a solo female traveler who's black, who's mostly, I feel like is mostly in a lot of white places, like wherever, especially in the South. Um, like I driving across Texas, Louisiana, went out to Colorado a couple of years back, like just, you know, just make, I want to be seen. I want people, I want people to have to look at me and be reminded that like, I exist people who look like me exist and we're allowed to be out in the world and traveling and, and experiences and experiencing fun things so I think that's kind of how I want to travel outside the U.S. like I went to Canada when I was very young like maybe 12 um but that's definitely on my list to just go back randomly this year just to maybe Toronto because I haven't never been to Toronto I went to Montreal and Quebec when I was little um but yeah just kind of I think just kind of starting out on like smaller solo trips or like going to London because one of my best friends lives there so I won't be alone all the time but like she'll you know have some built in buffer I have a friend in Italy and one of my best friends from college moved to Japan because her husband got a job and her and her kids have been like loving Japan so I think it's always that like my family's always like let someone know where you are like if you're in any place like if I'm in Japan I would tell this I'm in Japan or if I'm in Europe I tell Charlotte I'm in England like having some sort of built-in safety that way but like yeah, just kind of remembering that if anything else, I can keep myself safe. And then, but I also have the right to just like exist and have fun. How do you think the racism in like Italy and and the UK and is going to compare to the US? How, like, how do you think, mm-hmm. how do you imagine that you'll be treated differently? Um, Whether you, positive or negative? No, yeah. Did you read, have you read uh, Gabrielle Union's second memoir, We're Going to Need Something Stronger? No. If not, I, re- I recommend it. Um, but in one of the chapters, she talks about going, I can't remember what country it is, but whatever country, it might be Croatia, whatever country they filmed Game of Thrones in, she went. That's right. And she talks about how like they had such a great time during the day. They like hung out. They did all these things. But at night, they went to this one part of the city. They went to this bar like down, like down, like in the like depths of the city almost. And it turns out it was like this racist Nazi homophobic bar. And they didn't know till they got in there. Um, and they had like memorabilia from like the very, very racist times. Like in it was like wallpaper, like in in the bathroom, all over the bar. And like they were they experienced some like people saying things. They just they were able to get out of there and, and live. But that was such a wake up call because it was like it's Gabrielle Union and her husband's Dwayne Wade. Like you would think as someone who was one of the most privileged black people in the world, you think she'd have some built-in safety and she didn't. And it was just like, even having that reminder was really moving for me having read that book. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know it exists. I think I will definitely, I would love to travel with people. I'm such a solo traveler, so it's hard. Like I like to experience things by myself. I am an only child, in case you couldn't tell. Um, but I think, you know, for instances like that, like if I could go on like a group trip or friends wanted to go, like that would be fine. But I also I just find it so unfair that I have to do that, that I have to 
make myself safe because the world wasn't safe enough for me. So yeah, I think it's like that catch That's 22. fair, but you don't have to. You can do it. You I know can you do can it. do it. I know. It's if just, you want to. Yeah. But you shouldn't have to. I hear mm-hmm. you on that. I would suggest mm-hmm. something that I've learned in just like not flipping my shit at people. I'm not talking about racism here. I'm talking about traveling with other people mm-hmm. is to do combo trips. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to go away for a month. I'm going to Chicago for pride. I'm going to be socializing, partying a lot there. Then I'm flying from there to Hel- Helsinki. I'm doing a bit of work there. I'm not going with anyone else there. That will be my recharge time. Mm. Then I'm going to Madrid. I'm going to pride there. Bus, another club, another club. <laughs> um, that will be social time. Then Albania's by myself. Then Manchester's by myself. And I'm finishing in the world renowned coastal destination of Galveston with some friends to finish things off and then driving back here. I found that like uh, inserting that re that solo recharge time means that I can maintain my friendships because I'm not going to snap at them. Cause if you travel with someone for too long, it's like no matter who that person is, I get sick of myself on a trip, Mm -hmm. let alone other people. So that would be one piece of advice that I would have mix it up, mix it up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like the friend I'm going to, my friend is getting married in, in Italy, like I mentioned. Um, but my friend Ashley and I, she's the friend that I'm going to, we're going to extend that trip with. And we're very similar. We're both kind of like when you need time alone, just say need time alone. Like we're already preparing <laughs> to be on like this extended trip because I won't take it personally. She's like, I know you won't take it personally. She's like we can, we're allowed to ask, but like, thank you so much. Like her husband can't come. So it's just me and her. So I think that'll be nice. But yeah, I think, I think that's my other thing about why I'm such a good traveler is like, especially with other people I'm like I'm so chill like I'm good with no plan I'm good with a plan like I pack light I travel light I will get up early I will stay up late like what do you what do you need so um yeah that's good advice though like having that those moments along so that's really what I would like like visiting Charlotte in London my plan is to stay with her for maybe a day or two but then like I was gonna get my own space and then like if you want we can meet up or we can do this and do that but she's like she'd have to work too so so like even when I visit before I moved here, like my best friend lived here and I visited him and I stayed with him, but I would like go out without him and do all these things and just very self-sufficient. So that's good advice to like have that time for yourself when traveling too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to interestingly talk about this pretty privilege line you put in here because it's a thing. And I think like that's another privilege we have to talk about before we go, because I too had Invisalign, <laughs> but I had braces when I was younger. Um, and so I just want to know what that experience has been like, because you're saying that like people have treated you differently since you finished your Invisalign. And I just want to hear a little more. Yeah, this isn't necessarily on the road, just traveling. Actually, I've noticed more of a difference just here in my day to day life in Austin. But ever since I did Invisalign, this was five years ago, I noticed that people in the in the service industry, someone at Trader Joe's, for example, uh, or even people that I'm meeting out at bars are have been so much warmer and wanting to engage with me more. And mm-hmm. I think that I'm so glad that I got Invisalign. I'm so yeah. lucky. Well, also one of my best friends is my dentist. So <laughs> that kind of helped out. Sure. Um, and I, I noticed a huge difference. I think Americans put such a maybe more than any other country in the world such an emphasis on on 
like solidity grade teeth. Mm-hmm. It really changes the way no, I think people teeth. treat. How, did you know? I know they look great. How, did you <laughs> notice any difference after you got them? When did you get your stuff? So I've, I had I had metal braces when I was younger. Um, so I had braces when I was from sixth grade to ninth grade. And then I had them again. I had Invisalign last year just to add some spacing. And not that I was treated because my teeth were always straight. I, I just saw the spaces. It's so just I you was, weren't. It was a me thing. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I was saying you weren't straight. Yes, correct. Um, but <laughs> so, but my mom, one of my mom's sisters is obsessed with my teeth. Like she's always like, your teeth are freaking perfection. I'm like, thank you. They're not, but I appreciate the the sentiment. And it's just, it's just funny too. Like you're saying, I, I think even growing up, like my friends and I, before I got braces, we were like pretended we had braces to have like straighter teeth. Like it's just, I think it's such an American thing to want perfectly straight, celebrity, white, straight, perfect teeth straight um, white agenda the straight there it is oh, it's all it always comes back teeth. to that here <laughs> it is patriarchy it always <laughs> comes back to that um but yeah i mean even i always joke with my friends like i don't know what it was about like mary kate and ashley's teeth growing up like they had the perfect teeth like they were like somewhat rounded but then very it was just very weird their teeth to me it was just always fascinating me um but yeah i mean i think i know like I for sure have watched other friends who get treated differently once they have. Really? Oh yeah. I had two friends who got braces during the pandemic who, I mean, they're my friends. I never, I never even noticed their teeth that they needed braces. It just wasn't the thing, but one of them got like full metal braces and another one got Invisalign. And he told me that he got Invisalign. And so I was like, I never even thought about it. And they were both like, people treat me significantly differently since I've gotten my teeth fixed like oh okay because i mean i watch a lot of european television and i'm like they not a some of them just don't their teeth aren't like ours right and it's fine and no one says anything i'm just like i just the pressure i think we put on teeth in america is interesting um but yeah no i think i mean i get i'm not gonna lie i get so many compliments on my teeth always which i'm like great um and like even today did you miss oh sorry no, no, go did ahead. You miss in, did you miss in, in 2020, 2021 when the, the with mask wearing, mm-hmm. did you notice that it curtailed people's interaction warmth? I mean, obviously we were trying to limit our interactions, the, the, the closeness of them, mm-hmm. the frequency of them, the duration of those interactions. Sure. But I guess I'm saying like, I really missed seeing people's mouths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Maybe that's more of a comment than a question. But yeah, I found that hard. Well, I think we were, especially me. Like I'm a, I'm a very visual person. Like my face will tell you a lot about me before I say anything. Um, I'm a very expressive person. And so, like, even now, like, when I'm thinking, like, my mouth will, like, go to the side. Like, I do, like, these things. Like, I do all these things with my mouth in conversation with people that people, like, I just missed that. And even people, too, who are deaf and hard of hearing, like, they lip read. So, I know that was a big thing for people, too. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. T- pretty, pretty privileged teeth. Who'd think? So, yeah, I think about that, too. And I actually, this makes me think of traveling, too. Like, one of the things I do all the time when I travel 
wherever I'm going, right? Um, it could be here in, in town. It can be when I'm road tripping. It could be in the airport, whatever. I always smile. Like my my default thing is to just like smile at people because I'm like, I don't want anybody to like think I'm not nice or I'm not friendly or I'm not. So there's always like that little, my little safety blanket is to smile and just keep it moving. So how much of that is based on the color of your skin? Nah, 85, 90. Oh, okay. So it's the majority. That's what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, no, yeah, mainly. for sure. For sure, safety. Because like, you don't want to be the... Angry black woman, the the bitch in the store. Like, yeah. I'm just always like, mm, no. But it's funny because, like, now I think about, like, being in this new job that I'm going to have as a director of, like, I know I'm, like, a very strong leader, but that does make me angry, too. I mean, angry. That does make me nervous, too. Because I'm very direct. I am very honest. I'm just like, as I said to during this interview, I was like, I need you all to know I'm from the Northeast. I do not sugarcoat shit. Like <laughs> I am, we are here to do a job. I'm like, I love, I'm going to be supportive. I'm going to be a team player. I'm like, but there's going to be times when you probably don't like me because I am honest and I'm direct. But I, I have found too, like some people will be like, well, she's just angry or whatever. And I'm just like, no, I'm just, if it was a white dude, like he's, he has such leadership potential. He's doing so right. great. I'm like, don't do that. Don't try to dismiss the fact that I have good things and make them into negative things. Yeah. Especially cause you're a woman. A queer black woman. A yeah. Black woman. Exactly. Mm, yeah. No. Again, people who know, know not to try me. It's the people who don't know who do try. And then they let learn. this be a warning. We'll put that not in the show try. notes. Everything's a warning. I feel like. <laughs> well, that's why I think I always laugh to you about to bring it back to the dating thing again. Um, and that's going to be our weekly show. We're going to check in. We're checking month, once a month about this dating thing. Um, but I always laugh because when people are like, I truly do not Google anyone before I date them. Like if we're going on a date, I'm not. Maybe I'll look at your Instagram, but I'm not like Googling you. But I'm like, people go to my Instagram first. Like, well, she has whatever number of followers she has so then people get very like interested so they'll google me and my name is very interesting so I'm very googleable and then a lot of people get in their heads about it like well you've done this and that and blah blah, blah. I'm like we're just we're just going for a drink sir like it is not that deep like hang out with me get to know me like people that's that's the thing too like the whole like intimidation thing that I think I also feel both in dating and in traveling too which is why I think I smile so much is like I you are allowed to feel intimidated but I am not intimidating like you know mm. me I'm like the nicest person like I will do anything for anybody but it's like these people who didn't have like preconceived notions I'm like I'm not gonna try to change your mind that's not my job so if you want to make up your mind about me before you've even met me that's your decision but I'm not gonna waste my energy trying to convince you to get to know me so in are you talking about dating or everyday Both. interactions with that? Both. If you were on a on a date with someone and they said mm -hmm. that that you intimidated them, and I and I'm not necessarily talking about your gender identity or mm -hmm. the color of your skin. I'm talking mm -hmm. about your personality. How would mm -hmm. you react to that? My first question would be why. Ah, okay. Why? If you can, if you can full on tell me why, and it's not. Uh well no I want why I want a I want a distinct reason as to why. Because people if I had someone tell me last week that I intimidate them and I kind of liked it. Is this your kink, Matt? Is no, it? Say no shame. 
If it is, we all we all have a person in a position of power. But <laughs> just ask me. It, it's nice to feel confident. It's nice to know that your confidence comes across. But I think like I, yes to that. Like I feel like I'm a very confident person, and I feel like, and I get why that can be intimidating. But it's like the thing of like you are intimidating. I think are two different things. Mm. Like don't make it a personality you trait of mine. Like if you if you feel that way, your feelings are valid. But I want to know why. You can't tell me that I am a thing if you don't really know me. Because mm. if you know me, you know like I I tend to downplay a lot of the shit that I get. So I'm also like I'm confident, but I'm also like my work does not define me. You know, I'm just a person who puts on her shoe one shoe at a time, like everybody else. Like I'm human and i'm great and i'm not saying that i'm not but that whole like that would think that was an issue too like i would have people hold me to such a high pedestal i'm like but i'm human <laughs> like you can think i'm x y and z but also remember that i'm human who has feelings and things are happening and whatever this on the third so yeah the full um, human experience oh being a grown-up's hard man that's a different podcast episode because child any who absolutely Anywho, well, I will be sure to link everything in the show notes, your Instagram, all the things you told us about, how people can find you. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today. As you know, I like to ask my guest a final question, sort of a palate cleanser at the end of every episode. And that question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? It would be a repeat of a quote that I've heard, and that is the biggest gains are to be made outside of your comfort zone. And in my life, I feel like I've had so many great opportunities that I've been able to take advantage of, including moving here, including studying in Mexico, in Spain. I think every time you have an experience, your comfort zone hopefully gets bigger. And so then you can keep reaching further and further and so I hope in terms of travel for you for example you go to Europe and you focus on Western Europe for this first time because you have some really special places that you want to go the wedding in in Italy and you want to visit your friend in London and maybe go somewhere else and then you'll get more experience and more confidence in that kind of part of your life and then you can use that as a springboard to go to somewhere in Eastern Europe or maybe in the Gulf or in mm. Southeast Asia or Australia. And I think it's unrealistic that most people get to every country in the world. So there's always going to, I'm not, I'm not going to get there. I don't think there's always more places to go and there's always more experiences to have. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com or visit the website, theteawithbreepodcast.com. You can find me, your host, Brianna Jenkins, on Instagram at Brianna Jenkins. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will catch you next time. Bye.